0: there's a new magnificent seven and no it's not yul brenner or steve mcqueen or anyone from the newer version of the movie it's a group of seven acc schools who are reigniting the conversation to try to get a better media rights deal for the conference
1: you are locked on tar heels your daily podcast on the unc tar heels part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Hey there, it's Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for joining us on today's show. Coming up later, we're going to talk about Bryce Baker, a quarterback who Carolina should be paying a lot of attention to in the class of 2020. We're going to have some help from our brand new college football recruiting insider on the Locked On Network. But before we get there, conference realignment talk is once again at the forefront of summer conversations, and I want to go ahead and update you on it right now. I know it's not summer yet, but it's going to be a talking point again as the academic year winds down. And you know that the ACC is going to be a massive part of that, both because of the current media rights deal, which is hamstringing the conference and because of some schools that other conferences would maybe like to cherry pick and some schools that they wouldn't. So what we learned on monday is that north carolina is thick in the middle of this conversation and really the 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 reason it became a thing on monday of this week is that the acc spring meetings are going on currently in amelia island and there was some interesting developments following a four hour long meeting before we get to exactly that kind of thing, per Brett McMurphy, who does a phenomenal job, obviously covering specifically college football and, and uh, college athletics, he said that a group of seven schools have been meeting together—seven ACC schools, I should say—meeting together for the last several months with their lawyers to try and determine if the current media rights deal is as ironclad as ungetoutable as everyone thinks that it currently is. Let me read you his actual tweet. Um, I'm going to hold off the names of the schools for just a second. We'll come to that. But these seven schools are the, quote, magnificent seven ACC schools, sources told Action Network. These schools, Ross Dellinger reported, and we'll get to Ross in just a second, have met in the past several months with lawyers examining the grant of rights to determine just how unbreakable it is. ACC deal runs through 2036. That is so long. He went on to tweet, later, I mentioned this meeting, and here you go. This is what's coming out of the ACC meetings on Monday and why this is becoming a big deal. Quote, ACC athletic directors emerged from a four-hour meeting with Commissioner Jim Phillips just now in Amelia Island and said they're not allowed to talk to media today. Very interesting developments here for the ACC, and it's got me kind of like, what what is happening? You know, we put all this to bed last year, but here we go again. So again, from what we just read there, there's the current media rights deal, which is not on Commissioner Jim Phillips. That came from the previous Commissioner John Swafford, which at the at the moment it seemed like a great deal. Hey, let's get locked in with ESPN for a long time. But the other conferences, specifically the SEC and Big Ten, have been able to negotiate newer and infinitely more lucrative media rights deals since then, leaving the ACC floundering, trying to keep above water as they're swimming. And so because the current deal runs for another 13 years, it's prohibitive for the ACC schools, the 14 full member schools, to try and keep up with the SEC and Big Ten. So that magnificent seven, you ready for the schools? It's being led by Clemson and FSU understandably. So they're the two main football schools. I've also seen maybe Miami has been part of that leadership as well, but Clemson and FSU are the teams that I've seen from this reporting at, at various places, been looking around all over reading articles and other things. And those are the two that emerge. but the other schools. So I mentioned Miami, the other four are both Virginia schools, Virginia, Virginia tech, NC state, and North Carolina. So, These seven schools, so half of the full ACC members, obviously I'm leaving out Notre Dame there, have been meeting to try to figure out, hey, could we get out of this thing? Because everyone says that this media rights deal, the grant of rights, is straight up ironclad and there's no way to kind of find a loophole and get out. It's been lawyered kind of perfectly. Well, then you start, we'll come back to to that because there's some ideas they're working on this week at the ACC spring meetings. But let's look at the at the realignment angle of it too. Because remember last, this time last year, there were all these conversations about who's trying to get who, where's North Carolina going specifically for us, right? Like what's going to happen to the Tar Heels? Will, will they be included? Because yes, they are the preeminent, maybe along with Duke, two basketball programs in the conference and probably in the country along with, you know, Kentucky and Kansas as well. Um, But in terms of football, are they there? And it it seems from everything I've read that Carolina would be considered a top four or five football draw in terms of their average viewers for football games. And so that's a big win for the Tar Heels. But here's what's interesting about the realignment conversation as it is right now. Per Sports Illustrated's Ross Dellinger, who Brett McMurphy had quoted in that tweet, he says, The last wave of realignment, so last summer, which involved Texas and Oklahoma to the Big Ten, or to, excuse me, to the SEC and USC and UCLA to the Big Ten, was about, quote, consolidating football's most valuable brands, end quote. But he said, This next wave, what we're gonna see happen this summer unfolding, so we're gonna have to talk about this a lot so we can keep our head wrapped around it is about survival of the other three Power Five football conferences. So the SEC and Big Ten, they're in good shape. But now the question becomes, and this is another quote from Dellinger in in an article he wrote, which is very good. You should go read it. How do the Big 12, Pac-12, and ACC keep up competitively while generating millions less than college footballs to behemoths? End quote. And then his very next quote, and this is maybe scary for us ACC people, is this, quote, some believe all three of them, meaning Big 12, Pac-12, ACC, cannot coexist successfully, end quote. Yikes. So here's why I took that detour. One of the big things that's going on in these uh, ACC spring meetings right now is they're having conversations, you might have heard these rumored, but about the idea that these Seven schools are from the ACC are looking at it and saying that, quote, it is an untenable situation, end quote, in our conference. And so one of the things they've been doing, in addition to trying to figure out if the media rights deal is truly ironclad or not, is uh, one of the points of conversation this week is talking about a merit based revenue system rather than an even distribution revenue system for the ACC. And when you think about that, it makes sense because you've got some of the bottom feeders, Boston College, for example, just really dragging things down. And so rather than an equal revenue distribution system, you'd make more from doing well at the field of play, right? You kind of similar to what you do um, when, well, I guess that's conference-based. I was going to say when you get a unit for advancing in the NCAA tournament, but that is distributed to the conference level. So anyway... It is a merit-based system. There's no vote expected on this conversation this week, but there will be various proposals explored. Here's the problem with even this merit-based system. Even if you gain 5 million more a year from that, it still does nothing to close the gap with the SEC and Big Ten because projections are right now that when things fully kick in for the SEC and Big Ten by 2026... ACC schools will be $30 million behind those conferences per year. Not in total, $30 million behind annually because of the discrepancy in media rights deals. So it is a desperate time for the ACC, and we got to get stuff figured out. So these 14 ADs and Jim Phillips left very quickly from Monday's meetings. I'm very curious to hear why they didn't want to talk what's going to be happening on Tuesday. And so there's going to be a lot more of this. I don't know about you. I, I I get a little bit scared and freaked out by realignment conversations, but I also kind of love it. Like it's really interesting to me to see uh, how all the pieces work together. So I'll keep us up to date on it. I will have lots of good conversations on it. I know you're interested as well. And so stick with me through that. Well, as I said, we do want to talk about 2025 quarterback Bryce Baker from the state of North Carolina and why the Tar Heels need to try to get on him right now. We're going to do that in just a second. But first, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. Built, you got to try it. If you're like me and you're trying to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, well, I've got just the thing for you, Built Bars and Puffs, which are healthy and taste amazing. What makes them taste so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right. Not to mention that they come in great flavors like churro and peanut butter brownie. And not sure how they do it, but Bilt also maintains amazing macros in the midst of this great taste. Just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, but 17 grams of protein. Perhaps best of all is now you don't have to wait for an order to come from Bilt.com. You got a craving? Go on down to Walmart or Sam's Club and pick yourself up a box of Bilt, a proud sponsor. Of the Locked On Network. Folks, I want to introduce you to our brand new football recruiting insider here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Mr. Brian Smith. Brian, it's such a joy to have you as part of our team here. Welcome in to the network.
1: Thank you very much. It's uh, been fun already. Only been doing it for a few days, but all the publishers have been great, and I love to talk football. (laughs) After it, man.
0: Let's I love it. That's why Brian is here. It's going to be great to grow uh, our relationship. And and I know that the Tar Heel fan base is already excited <laughs> to have you as part of the team. And in part, because literally over the weekend on Mother's Day, Brian Smith takes time out of his Mother's Day to DM me on Twitter and say this, quote, We should definitely do a segment on Bryce Baker, Bryce Baker, a quarterback that just lit it up at Elite 11. Tar Heels have already offered, end quote. So, Brian, my question to you is what did Bryce Baker do to catch your eye that you would sacrifice time out of your day to reach out to me? Uh,
1: Which one do you want me to start with? Um, (laughs) There's there's nothing that I didn't like about him, on and off the field. Um, He looks the part. He plays the part. He's a 4.3 GPA. He's motivated and he's – Above all, with the quarterback, he's accurate. Uh, by the way, North Carolina offered him already. And when I posted about him on Twitter, a guy that I'm guessing most people know, his name is Mac Brown, liked my post. It's <laughs> it's it's a kid that everybody's going to recruit. Okay, he was at a high school last year that doesn't get a lot of notoriety, but he just transferred to a program that's going to get some more. He's going to have more guys with him, and he's going to kill it. I, I I watched him for maybe three or four clips. One of my buddies. And said, hey man, you need you need to check this guy out. And I'm watching, I'm like, holy cow, where, where's this kid from? <laughs> Natural throwing motion. He could flip his hips on a rollout against his body, deep arm, whatever you want. And he's a kid that can take off and run. Uh, watch, I had to go back and watch film. Obviously, Elite is not, you know, based on getting tackled. He can make guys miss in space. He is the consummate modern day quarterback.
0: Man, that's so great to hear, Brian. And and yeah, I've heard of this Mac Brown fella. I think uh, I think he might really? make, he might just make something of himself in the in the He's football. Got a chance. He's got a chance. <laughs> no, I, I love that 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 dual nature you talked about. Brian, at, at this point in Bryce Baker's development, what what would you say comes first, the running or the throwing, which is higher right now?
1: Surprisingly, usually when you talk about those two and a kid can do both, it's almost always running. Exactly. Almost all. He was so accurate this weekend. I'm going to give just just out of kindness the, the edge there. Quarterback throwing, like even Tom Brady is still learning. Like it never ends. Right. But when you're that accurate and your motion is that consistent, that tells me two things. Number one, you're a natural football player. Mm-hmm. And number two, you have honed your craft already and you've listened to people around you, which teenagers tend to do very <laughs> poorly with. But he's he's a kid that took coaching at the Elite 11 from the counselors and would do adjust. They said something to like – he threw a couple of money balls – and they would still say something to him, and he didn't, like, bitching. Some kids, oof, I have bad stories I won't really publish, but a lot of kids are are pretty standoffish with that. He ate it up. Interesting. That's one of the biggest things. If you're a quarterback, regardless of your offer list, and his offer list is going to go bonkers, you still have to be able to take coaching on every single rep. Bryce does that, and I'm not sure that a lot of kids know who he is yet, but he's going to be a guy that, People kind of gravitate to and watch as his offer list grows, especially because he's fun to be around. When you're a quarterback, man, it makes life for the team a lot better when you're a likable guy and he's gonna push himself. He'll be the best player on his team, but he's pushing himself. There's no reason he won't be a 40 offer kid. It's it's up to him. Run and throw, he's awesome. Take your pick. He's he's gonna beat you one way or the other.
0: For some context for people listening, you, you talked about that coachability is that how, how rare of a trait is that for players at his level of capability
1: uh at best uh 50 50 um i live in florida and uh, is by <laughs> far it's not even competitive the most contentious state for recruits there are a lot of standoffish kids bryce baker is not that guy at all um i would probably say that quarterback is one of the better spots to play it though a lot of teams won't allow somebody to play quarterback unless they're coachable because if you're not good at quarterback you're not winning not exactly a shock a certain guy that is currently in chapel hill is proof of that uh he's as good a player as there is in college he's my favorite guy to watch at quarterback um drake is, is superior to just about anything you could imagine for a retro what he did last year was incredible so hats off to him first off but you're you're yeah oh if you can't enjoy watching him, you're probably a Duke fan and you're probably still just there's something wrong with you. But that, that's that's beside the point. How, how do you compare somebody like this? though? Again, he's only going to be a junior in high school this next year. That's one of the keys. Like uh, Aaron Nolan, who's committed to Ohio State, was there. He's another one of those rare kids. I saw him as a freshman. I was following him and Cam Newton around at, at camp's mm. or tournament Cam was at. And I talked to Cam about him, et cetera. He's like, he's a guy. He's a guy. Well, if Ohio State offers you and you're a quarterback, that's a sign. This kid's demeanor is very much like Air. His the way he carries himself is very much like Air Nolan. Great, great sign. I think Air is a top fifty kid in the twenty four class. I don't see why Bryce can't eventually be a top fifty kid in the twenty five class. Man.
0: Brian, you talked about that Bryce Baker is transferring to a new school where he's going to have more talent around him. First off, what school is that that he's going to so people can keep tabs on it? And secondly, how important is that for a high school player's development to be surrounded by other elite talent?
1: East Forces. Um, that is one of those. I think it's East, it's East or West. I forget which one. But East, it's,
0: yeah, I believe it's East for Seth. Yeah.
1: He's a kid that wants the challenge. Hmm. Um, look. Look. If you don't want that, are you really going to be good for a school like North Carolina? Because you're under the gun. Like everywhere he goes, he goes to a restaurant if he committed to UNC. He's got to get asked for autographs. If he goes to the gas station, if he walks down the dorm room hall, it's your life changes. You have to want that. So it's important. And as it relates to a bigger program with more talent, you got to find out what you can do and help other guys be better. Sometimes you're just a distributor. If team's playing the wrong defense, you've got a guy that can do really well at bubble screens, well, you just keep throwing. it. It's not real hard, but sometimes you've got to do that. And sometimes you just hand off. He's the kind of kid that wants to win. So if he hands off more in a game because they're just playing cover three and playing off, so be it. But he's going to do that. He wants to win, and he wants to challenge. I talked to him a little bit off the record about it, and I'm like, I only spent about 30, 40 seconds talking about my I'm like, he gets it. Because a lot of kids will do the opposite. They'll go somewhere else because they're the guy, yeah. but they're playing against terrible competition. And I'm like, how am I going to evaluate you when the kid out there guarding your receiver couldn't guard my dead grandmother? So <laughs> he didn't run from competition, he ran to competition. So that's Baker made the right decision.
0: Love to see that. Now, Brian, you said that both on and off the field, you love Bryce Baker. You've already mentioned people love to be around them. You said the the high elite level GPA. Why why are these kind of things as important to you in your evaluation of a player as all those on-field things that you've just talked about?
1: Name a day in the last year, whether it's family, politics, sports, et cetera, when you were on social media and you didn't see somebody doing something that you're like. <laughs> now be the head coach like Mac Brown at UNC and you get that 1 a.m. phone call. That is why. He's not going to be that kid. You can't have a knucklehead at quarterback. It's just the way it is. And that's why, I mean, I I talked to a quarterback coach today at a major program that somebody North Carolina plays against. And, like, you know, they talk about arm strength and all that. But GPA and attitude at signal caller is really important. He's 4.3 GPA. This just in. He's not stupid. So he's got it figured out there and he was very gregarious personality. I asked, Hey, can I get a quick headshot of you? He went out of his way to like, everything's right. He wants to be positive and happy for everybody. The SID at whatever school he goes to is going to love him because he's not going to have to like pull him along to get him to do interview. He's going to be the guy can't have enough of those guys in your program.
0: You love to hear that. And to that point, North Carolina has had this string of two of the best quarterbacks in Carolina history. And I know that there is a fear amongst the fan base of a precipitous drop off next spring when Drake May goes to the NFL. So I want to ask Brian if Bryce can be that guy. We'll talk about that in just a second. All right. We are joined today by Brian Smith, our brand new college football recruiting insider here on the Locked On Network. And we are talking about a potential target in the class of 2025, a rising junior Bryce Baker, who has just caught Brian's eye at Elite 11. And so, Brian, I want to ask you this. North Carolina is just coming off of Sam Howell, who at that time was considered the best quarterback in North Carolina program history. And it's like, ah, Mm -hmm. what happens next? Well, (laughs) never you fear, because here comes this dude, Drake May, who is now, he considered likely, the best quarterback in North Carolina history. And once again, Assuming nothing crazy goes wrong this upcoming fall, Drake May will leave for the NFL, hopefully not having the eh, final season that Carolina had with Sam Howe. So the question becomes, should Carolina be worried about what's next? Or if they're able to land Bryce Baker, could he be that next guy to step in? Obviously there's a year gap before that, but could Baker be that level kind of dude?
1: I think so. Uh, two things. Number one, because he's a junior, he's obviously not going to be in college in 24. He's going to still be playing high school. But he, if he competes at whatever institution he goes to as a freshman for the starting job or and or reps, that's what I expect. He's a dual threat kid. So there's a lot of packages you could use him for. And Mac Brown has shown, as you already talked about, a certain young man that May was, wasn't May their leading rusher last year too? He was,
0: he was, yeah.
1: (laughs) So, I mean, he knows how to use mobile quarterbacks. It would be a fit. I also think that if Mac had to, he'd go to the portal and get a guy as a stopgap in between for you. Why would you not? So he's never had a problem at running a program. I don't think Mac Brown's going to suddenly forget how to run a college football program. There's a reason he's got a ring on his finger. So I think the Carolina fans should just pump the brakes. Like a lot of fan bases, you know, Oh no, what was us? First off, enjoy Drake May. Yes. For the love of mankind. <laughs> For the love of mankind. He's one of the rarer guys. If I had to, if I was an NFL GM, I would take him over Caleb Williams. That's how much I respect him. Wow. And Caleb's a really special player. Wow. You can't really go wrong either way, by the way. So <laughs> I dislike Drake's overall size and everything. I think it's more likely he'll be able to hold up at the NFL level. But while well, you're a Carolina fan, if you haven't went to see him play, go do that. Go do that. That's, that's the other thing. He's a rare kid and Carolina fans. I'm not saying that Baker is going to be as good as Drake may. I would not put that on anybody, but at the same time, he can carry the torch for somebody. Maybe it will be the Tar Heels.
0: Boy, that would be a wonderful thing. Now, at this point, and obviously there's there's some other quarterbacks we talked about in, in the program uh, that, that could potentially be that stopgap. Maybe it's transfer portal. Brian and I have talked off air a little bit about Michael or a recent 24 um, uh, commitment. Excuse me. We'll, we'll talk about him more at another point this summer. But, Brian, the next question for me is this. We, you've talked about Baker being, at this point, a little bit off the radar, but he is an in-state kid. And so how can Carolina go about the process of like keeping him home before his national profile really raises up? You talked about him being like a 40 offer type guy. And so that becomes a more and more national profile. How, when that happens, can Carolina keep him home?
1: Number one, you just keep recruiting him hard, which has never been a Mac Brown problem. (laughs) But more specifically, you cannot possibly – Get him to come to your campus enough times unofficially. The more, the merrier. And if just hypothetically, if Baker were to commit early to the, t- to the heels, he can be your Pied Piper because the state of North Carolina per capita is about as good as it gets in the country for high school football prospects signing Power Five. It's, it's up there, it's in top eight or whatever. I think that that has to be their number one objective. It's you got to put a fence around the state. Max talked about that in some capacity. Right. Right. Get him to campus as many times as possible because the Georges and all that are going to recruit him. They're, it's going to happen. I, I mark it down whether or not he wants to stay home or leave. I didn't even go into recruiting with him. Let him be a kid for a while. He's probably not got much more time to do that. So it is what it is. But in three months, he'll have 20 offers once, like September 1st, you know, like the official, he'll get another 10, 15 offers. Then we'll see. When he starts going to visits this fall, pay very close attention to the schools he visits this fall for game days. Uh, Carolina needs to get him on campus at least once, if not twice. That's that's the key.
0: Man, that would be a big key. Okay, there's something, folks, for you to make sure you watch. Does Bryce Baker come, hopefully multiple times, to no. North Carolina? And, and there's something – you kind of alluded to there, Brian, that I want to dig into a little further. Uh, North Carolina, folks, obviously the the keystone, the pinnacle for North Carolina athletics is the basketball team. And one of the things that folks know is that Armando Baycott has been a massive recruiter for North Carolina. From the second he committed, he was like, hey, come play with me. Even once he announced he was coming back for his fifth year, he's like, hey, who's trying to come play with me this year? DM me. In this transfer portal era, and you talk about all these guys and how they can be Probably the best recruiters once they commit. You talked about potentially getting someone like Baker to commit early because then he can take on that role. How important would it be if Carolina was able to land a commitment from somebody like Baker early that he then, with that gregarious personality you talked about, turns into a big time recruiter?
1: It's exactly that. I think you would add players to your class that you otherwise would not get. It's mm-hmm. that important. Sometimes there are kids that commit early that are great but they have a very passive and, you know, just naturally passive personality. That is not Baker. He will talk your ear off if you, if you meet him and you're nice to him, and he's easy to get along with. Well, who doesn't want to be around that? So yeah, sometimes it's literally the forest for the trees. Don't, don't overcomplicate it. And him being a quarterback that Mac went after early and Max going to tell you, Hey, there's a reason we could have went somewhere else and got a kid, but we got this kid. If you do that, it's going to be pretty convincing. And I mean, conservatively north carolina every year on average can sign 10 kids in state and that's good they might sign 12 or more because there's just that much talent within the tarhill state and i i think that that's where it starts mm-hmm. and then on top of that with him being a quarterback i don't know who it's going to be there's going to be a receiver from texas or dc receiver and quarterback there's no two positions on the planet in any sport that are more connected mm-hmm. if you ain't got a quarterback how good are you as a receiver so that's, that's the other thing. They need another guy like Downs that can just take the top off the defense. Why not? So that, that would be the specific entity. But, yeah, he's going to change your program if he gets him to commit early because he'll get other guys to come with him that you may not have even got to visit. It's very important.
0: Okay. So, folks, we see how important this kind of commitment We'll keep our eyes on Bryce Baker and his progression and his offer list and all this stuff. Brian Smith, it's been great to have you on for your inaugural visit to Locked on Tar Heels. We're so grateful for your time. And again, so glad you're part of the team and can't wait to talk with you more.
1: Thank you, sir. I appreciate it.
0: That's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. My thanks once again to Brian Smith for joining us for the first time. You can follow him on Twitter at FBScout underscore Florida. Also, you can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels or me at Isaac Shade. Shoot us an email, Locked at gmail.com. We'd be honored if you would go and give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Please also don't forget to subscribe to the show, smash the like button, and leave your comments on today's show. I want to remind you that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll be right back with you tomorrow with Coach Pat Kilby, but until then, peace!